0: Last year, the Seattle Seahawks went into Detroit and gave not just us Seahawks fans, but the entire NFL one of the more entertaining games of the NFL season. And this game, much like last year, was right along those same lines. And much like last year as well, it was a game that was going to be driven by your offense having to mainly carry the day. The defense came in and did its part at the end, did just enough to get up over the top, but it indeed was really on the offense today. They were making it happen, Geno and the boys. And Geno most especially First and foremost, with starting with this offense and looking at this game and trying to deconstruct it a little bit, you've got to give so much credit to this offense, to Waldron, to Geno, to that offensive line. This is a game where you came into it with a high degree of difficulty. You're down your two starting tackles. You're on the road. You're going against a team that indeed right now could be looked at as a sub favorite, if not the favorite to win that division. So you're not just getting kind of a weak opponent. You're getting somebody that can provide a pretty tough test for you when you have that going against June. I can't remember in recent memory any team going on the road down there starting two tackles playing a playoff contending team and coming away with that victory as the Seahawks did today. It speaks to how well a game plan that Waldron devised and it starts with utilizing the two and three tight end sets. There's some Seahawks fans questioning after this game, why not more use of GSN? The reason was you were going to come into this game and use more two and three tight end sets so you could better uh, enable the chip blocks, help out on those tackles and pass protection which is what the chip block allows you to really be able to do. You're also going to maybe be able to run the ball a little bit better with those extra tight ends in there. That was the hope at least, though the Detroit Lions countered that in this game by giving you a lot of stacked boxes. So they were going to compress the line of scrimmage. They were going to force Gino to have to pass. They were going to trust in the fact that Gino was going to be able to get to the seven step drop plays, those plays that you can then take advantage of those stacked boxes deep because he wouldn't have the time and pass protection because he would have the backup tackles. But Waldron and Gino countered this with great decision-making, short-based passing attack, getting things in motion, play action on the rollouts, finding your tight ends in space for some easy completions, then letting them do some work. But it was just a phenomenal game plan by Waldron to work around those limitations and not just work around those limitations and find some productivity, but actually find ultimately a lot of success in this game going at that manner and props to him here. Cause a lot of offensive coordinators there would have probably just gone into their shell, tried to hammer running the ball, tried to shorten the game, tried to limit down the moments where Gino was dropping back to pass. And instead he leaned into where he thought he could find some success here, even going into then the teeth of having to expose his tackles, to that Detroit pass rush. Stone Forsyth and Jay Curhan were on it today. Yeah, they had some help, but there were also some plays where they were being forced to hold up one-on-one in pass protection where Waldron was trusting him in that aspect of things, and they did their job. That young, really nice pass rusher for the Lions, Hutchinson, was held at bay throughout the course of this game, and those guys have gotta be given a lot of credit for what they were able to accomplish on the edges there. Gino, though, is really going to be my player of the game coming out of this game. He gave you an utterly masterful performance, in my opinion. 32 of 41, 328 yards, two touchdowns, only sacked once on the day. I believe. And that is just phenomenal when you look at it for what he had again, going up against him coming into this game. And some of the throws he had to make were not always the easiest throws. There were a lot of throws there where you knew that the pass rush was getting to him really even early and quick in those plays where it was short throws. And he had to back up a couple of steps Give himself a little bit of extra time for the routes to develop up down the field so that then he could hit it. He showed off those arm strengths in moments where he had to throw off platform or throw off a back foot. Still get the ball in there with velocity. Still get it in there with accuracy that stood out through the course of this whole game. It was very, very impressive his performance and you just didn't see him, you know, shirk. You didn't see him kind of start to get shrink or, or start to get small on this. He rose to the moment because you needed him to carry this day. You needed that offense to perform well throughout this game because of some of the issues that you still had going on on the offensive side of the ball. Geno was absolutely tremendous though in this game he was making the smart decisions there's really only two places in this game i could even kind of sub ding him on he had a weird moment on that sack where he was rolling all over the place and he's scrambling here and then he's scrambling over there and then he finally gets sacked for like a 15 20 yard sack you're going just throw it away man you know and then he had one dangerous throw to the sideline but being that you came into this game up against it like you were with all those other factors that I just mentioned, it was a tremendous performance from him and he was absolutely money. Hopefully now he starts to again, tear another narrative down as we look at Gino, which you hear from even within our own fan base, you know, oh, he can't bring you back. Well, he falls apart when the tough gets going, he's going to get to running and no, indeed that's not the case. Is he the best all time clutch quarterback? We're were? Maybe not that. But he's got some clutchness in him, and he's shown that, especially today. He had to be great throughout this game offensively, and then he had to go and do that drive at the end. Do any of us have faith that if we give the Lions back that ball, they don't have a real good chance of going up on that defense and scoring at that point? You needed that touchdown in OT. You needed him to go out there and make that happen, and that's what he did on top of having a great game, on top of having a little bit of that pass rush in front of him, knowing this is going to be a bit shaky. I've got to overcome this a little bit but smart scheme smart uh, approach by Waldron but then absolute nails in application by Geno Smith this might have been in a lot of games he's had a lot of great games he's had for your Seahawks this might have been the best game he played Al- absolutely outstanding work he answered the bell from last week last week it looked a little bit looked a little dicey didn't look like the same Geno of last year looked a little bit like a, a kind of a scared player at times a bit But this year in this game complete confidence in control Absolutely love to see it. That's what we're going to need more of this season to get ourselves potentially into potential contender mode is Geno playing at his best with this team. The receivers held up their end of the bargain here as well. Outstanding work on the outside. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. They are just constants out there. They're just guys that you can rely upon out there to do their job week in and week out. Show up even if they're hurting. DK went out of this game, looked like a little bit of a rib thing, came back in later on, made a couple of catches after that point. You could really feel the loss when he was out there, wasn't out there. You could feel Detroit not be as seemingly worried. They drew some of their double coverages over to Tyler at that point. You needed DK back on the football field field. But DK, Tyler, Bobo, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, who himself got five catches on six targets. He wasn't in there as much, but that was a little bit because you had the tight ends on the field instead. And if you're going to take the two and three tight ends and put them on the field, that means the slot receiver is coming off normally. Not to mention one of your starting receivers at times, if you're going to go to the three tight end look. So that's why he wasn't out there more. That was purposeful. That was to help your tackles. You're going to see more JSN as we go along throughout this season. But when you look at the receiver core in this game, 21 of 23, 23 targets, 23 times Gino targeted his receivers in this game, 21 completions on those 23 targets. That is awesome efficiency, whether open or not. When those guys had the ball thrown to them, they were making the catches in this game and you needed every one of those guys to make every one of those catches, but everyone was on their job. In that aspect of things everybody was and it was a really really great to see i might be off number i went off on that by the way it might be 21 to 24 but it's right in that area and outstanding by the receiving core not to mention the final touchdown catch there to tyler he'd already had one touchdown catch where he had run a crossing route you wonder if maybe that crossing route was a little bit in the mind of the defensive back in that moment as he's playing more to the inside leverage as he gives tyler that outside leverage to make the catch and then get in for the touchdown tyler runs A very unconventional route on that final play in OT where he starts cutting outside, then he cuts back inside, then he goes back outside. It's sort of like he was freelancing it a little bit on that play, but he finds a way to get open. Getting open as we saw with a bobo in preseason or like Tyler Lockett has shown you many times. It can be about being fast and quick, but it can also be about body control. It can be setting a defender up. It can be countering the way you're feeling a defender to go the opposite direction. And I think there's a little bit of what you see Tyler doing on that play where that's not a route that I think they have any kind of real name for and what he was running, but he got it done, and he got himself freed and opened up there. He created space to that sideline, which if you're watching prior to that play, you're going, there's no way he would be able to create space on an out route on that throw. The defender will definitely be protecting against that, but you saw the defender Played to the inside leverage on that play. I think perhaps thinking about that crossing route he had ran prior to success, and then he was able to get over and get the ball out there on the pylon. It was an absolutely awesome play by Tyler Lockett who continues to show you why he is the second best receiver in Seahawks history. He has been absolutely just so consistent over these last few years. And when you need him, when you throw the ball his way, he's going to make the catch. And when you need him in big moments, when you need a first down, when you need a touchdown like you did today, he is there and ready to answer that bell. Tyler has just continued to be so good for the Seattle Seahawks, even after signing that extra another contract extension a couple of years ago. It has been great to see, and we're going to need him as we go out throughout the course of this year. The uh, running backs were solid. It today you look at their line, it doesn't look so good. You got 25 attempts, 82 yards. a Walker, 17 carries, 43 yards, 43 yards, only a 2.5 yard per carry average. Charbonnet, four carries for 16 yards, a four-point yard per carry average. So you go, oh well, I mean, two second-round picks, that's not so it's not so good but they ran great in this game. Let me tell you, this was more about watching the eye test and how they were running and looking at it in person. They ran hard, they ran strong. Walker was tremendously creative in good ways. Not creative in he's dancing too much, he's taking negative yard plays, but he was finding extra yards on every single run. There was no real bad run to me in Walker's game here. There were a lot of runs where everything gets clogged up and he's able to kind of bounce it outside and find some extra yards up the football field. There's a touchdown run right by the goal line, which is exactly that. It's an a gap run he's supposed to go up the middle it gets so clogged so fast early on in the play that he's having to back up a couple of steps but then also gets himself kind of lateral as the same time as he's going backwards and then scoots right in for the touchdown he sort of just gets lateral till he can find the hole and then finds the touchdown he ran really well, really elusively in this game. The stat line does not say the bottom line for how well he ran. There just wasn't as many yards, and I think there wasn't as many yards not because the offensive line wasn't creating holes, but because of the fact that the Lions were bringing those eight-man fronts up there in order to take the run away. They were going to give up yards in the air, but they figured, okay, we'll keep it in one-dimensional in this way, and then we'll be able to get a Gino to throw a turnover or we'll get a fumble on a sack, something like that. Didn't play out that way for the Lions, but I think that that was their given intent. But Charbonnet ran strong as well. When he got the ball in his hands, boy, he will lower his head and he'll lower the boom. He uh, made a couple catches as well, but you really do feel his physicality out there. There was one run in particular where he had a kind of a three and a half, four yard run. A lot of backs, they're going down right there. He put his head down and just blasted right through the wall you know you see parts of the wall parts of human beings flying in every direction and him going forward for another four yards he brings a physicality that is part of the reason why you'll see him as a uh, understand as to why he is the second round pick i think down the road here some are chomping at the bit with them only getting two touched his last week going okay Where's the Charbonnet productivity here? But this is something you're going to get in field throughout the course of the year, I believe. They're going to lean to Walker because he is a real special runner. But Charbonnet has got a place in this offense as he's shown with his hands. Those are very good, but he's a very strong runner as well. And that's going to show up, I think, even more as we go down into the future. Shout out to all the tight ends in this game. All three of the tight ends. I call it the Cerebus. The three-headed hellhound that guards the gates of hell. And indeed, that is what they are. Noah Fan, Kobe Parkinson, and Will Disley. All of them were a factor in the passing game today. All of them were a factor as blockers today. You leaned in and you really felt how much they can be an advantage to this team this week. You know, this is the thing that can now help you to fix when you have tackles go down. Not a lot of teams have the accommodations to work around that like we do with these tight ends who are so multifunctional in the way that they go about their business. And that's how they were today, solid, steady. Noah Fant made some big plays down the field where you got to see some of the big playability that was part of what made him a a top top 20 first round pick in the National Football League. And he has been a very steady guy in this league. He's been very steady for us since he's come on. He doesn't put up these huge numbers, but he's just steady in what he provides you. When you target him, he tends to catch the ball, but that also tends to be the way it is for all of the guys in this offense, but most especially these tight ends, they've got some really, really good hands and they showed it off again today. Parkinson getting some run too, which was really nice to see. So everyone did really their part on offense. I don't mean to give out flowers to everybody, but you kind of have to do this a little bit in this game because everybody did have to come in and do their part. That's how it is when you have to score 37 points in order to win in overtime. There's going to be a lot of different contributions coming in from a lot of different players. <laughs> to flip it over now to the side of the ball, it's going to be a little bit of the tougher side of the ball to talk about. And that's going to be the defense, Uh, the defense once again today, especially through the early part of this game, it was a struggle and it was specifically again, a struggle in stopping the pass. Once again, I think that they were relatively successful in stopping the run, 27 attempts today for 102 yards. Montgomery was able to have a little bit more success than Jameer Gibbs was in this game. And Montgomery was really at the end, seemingly starting to really get stronger as the game went along, right? Until he had an ankle injury at the end, which took him out. And I think then kind of hindered the Lions offense just a little bit at that point. But this was about the passing game. And this was a game coming into it that you worried about. And why? Because you had a guy in Jared Goff, who's the guy who will take what you give him. He is the guy that is the type of guy that can give this defense problems. It's a defense that will drop into its soft zones and it will say, okay, we'll we'll give you the short completions, but you're not going to be patient all day. You're eventually going to grow impatient. You're eventually going to test us deep, and then we got you. With Goff, he doesn't play that way. That's how he walked into this game just about on the edge of setting a record for most attempts without an interception, is that he plays within himself. He knows what he is, and he knows what he isn't. And when you looked at last year when they gave up those 45 points to Jared Goff and his heat chart from last year and him hitting the middle of the field like he was, peppering the middle of the Seahawks defense in 2022 like he did. And then you look at the heat chart from last week with Stafford peppering the middle of the field on the heat chart. Last week with the Hawks at home as well, you go, oh, this is maybe a place where this is going to get ugly. But indeed, it did get ugly. The Hawks held on. They found a way to f- find a few adjustments as the game went along, but he was able to kind of pick apart in the same way that Stafford was through a lot of this game. Goff, 28 of 35, 323 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 121.8 rating, um, 9.2 yards average per attempt. So you can't even really lean back into this and go, well, it's a matter of he was just uh, just dinking and dunking little four-yard routes all day. It's a low yard per attempt. That's when you really really deconstructed. That's what's going on. Not really quite the case here with Jared Goff when it comes to these circumstances he was also getting some of the big plays down the football field is it not on those it's not on those nine routes like Stafford not necessarily hitting those kind of routes but finding big plays on on bigger throws down the field in other kind of ways could be a broken tackle after a 10-yard catch or it could be just him hitting little 14-15 yard routes in a little bit more with some deeper depth on his targets but he was definitely through the early part of this game able to find some success in there. The Hawks were doing a good job of, of kind of turning them one, one dimensional. That was kind of the intent, it seems like, from both defenses and what they were trying to do. But it was more of the four man rushes, the soft zone coverages, which were playing to depth, which were allowing those completions in front of them through the first part of this game. Then we had a couple moments where the Hawks kind of had a little bit of a let's try something new here. Let's try just something a little bit different. And what they did at that point, and there's three moments I want to really point to that are really the important moments in this game. You've got a fourth and two. The Lions got the ball just past the midfield stripe. Goff steps, drops back to throw. Jordan Brooks is blitzing and blitzing with some authority. He takes on the back, sends the back right back into the right back into the chest of Goff. Goff is able to move off of it, get off an awkward throw that then goes in is incomplete. Witherspoon is close in coverage hey, you blitzed. You weren't doing any of that or almost none of that during the course of the game leading up that point. You get success in that moment. Then we go a little bit later on in this game. The Hawks are up by three. Lions are on their own side of the field. You come up to play here. You've got Trey Brown first up in a press look, which is some of us, one of us have asked a little bit more for times, especially to de- disrupt the route, which the Seahawks were doing a little bit more of today in this game of disrupting routes, not giving just free releases up, but actually trying to jostle and upset the route timing as they can which is a big factor with golf and what you want to do but then not only did you have Trey Brown up and press in that moment rather than back and off coverage but then you sent him on a rare corner blitz and what happened when you sent a blitz as many of us have been banging the drum for and begging for you got yourself a sack on that play you got yourself a result. It's not that it's always going to get you the sack. It's that it can bring these kind of results. It can manufacture these kind of results for the defense. Coaching staff seem to realize this. So what did the Hawks do? The very next play, they bring back a stacked front that they show Jared Goff. Oh, you just got blitzed. Here's a stacked front now. You got both linebackers right up showing blitz. You got Kobe Bryant up there showing blitz post-snap. Once again, they only bring one, but at least you're bringing one extra guy. You're bringing a little bit more to bear in front of Goff. And he's got that little timer now sped up. You are taking the guy that's in rhythm all day, back foot, back foot, back foot. He's in that timing and now suddenly he's thinking. Now suddenly he's trying to process what's happening in front of him. And that's not how Jared Goff wants to play. I call him simple Jared, okay? Like simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. And you gotta not allow him to play simply. And that's what they did in that moment because they bring that one man blitz. This is the next play after the Trey Brown sack. And what happens? Goff throws a pick six to Trey Brown on an errant throw behind his receiver because he's not comfortable in the pocket at that moment. Seahawks defense manufacturing production, not just simply lining it up and saying, guys, go make a play, but us as a coaching staff putting our players in a position to succeed. And that's what they did on those two plays. Now, unfortunately, You come back then after that on the very next drive, and you drop right back into your four-man fronts and right back into your soft coverage, and the Detroit Lions are able to drive right up the football field and then go score with a lot of ease. So the Hawks didn't lean back into that next drive. They tried to lean into that 10-point lead and hope that they could kind of hold on at that given point. But there are some signs here where if they start to accommodate this into the defense a little bit more, they can find some successes within it. And it was a little bit odd. They didn't go to a little bit more in this game where that is where you kind of had some success to be had there. If you wanted to go out there and grab onto it, Um, it's a small little point, but a little thing maybe of some hope and optimism for us of an adjustment that they can find as we go down the road, especially as we now start to add back Jamal Adams into the mix, as he is expected to potentially be back here uh, in week three, which can't do nothing but help this defense out and Jamal's presence is especially going to help us out and potentially I think moving Julian Love out of the strong safety role to more of that slot corner role where Julian Love has not looked particularly comfortable. Out there at the strong safety position, I think he is a guy that did probably more man-based coverage stuff last year with the Giants than he's being asked to do here, and he's just not yet completely comfortable in the zone-based concepts the Seahawks are running out there. He gave up a couple completions. He's not been as much of a sure tackler with us as he was as he was with the Giants. It's been a little bit of an underwhelming start so far here with Julian Love um, as one of our free agent signings this past off season. Trey Brown had himself overall a pretty good game. There's still a couple of completions he gave up in this game. He gave up a touchdown reception in the end zone, and it was a pretty easy give up at that. So there are still some moments where you go, eh, it's not it's not perfect, but it's better. It's better, and you can't beat a pick six. That wasn't too shabby either. Mr. Devin Witherspoon got his first bit of action in this game. The rookie out there, and the Seahawks, where are they going to play him? In the slot, the outside? It was fully in the outside and I had some questions on my chat, the live stream in regards to why they did this. I believe that it goes something a little bit, something like this in that you've got two positions that are not working right now for you coming into this game by the Seahawks, probably feeling of it outside corner. They didn't love what they're getting out of Trey Brown and Mike Jackson. And I probably don't think they felt like they're loving a lot of what they're getting out of Kobe Bryant in the slot either, but you lean to the one spot that's going to have this more snaps, the greater effect at that point. We'll see if this is where Witherspoon's going to end up when it's all said and done throughout the whole course of this year. But it does look like early on here that that's be where the Hawks are going to play him his outside corner. And he had a fair day. It's his first action. He had no training camp. He's getting on the field. This is your first experience here. You're going to expect him to have some learning pains and growing pains within that. He was tight in coverage in some moments. There was a third down breakup. I believe he had, which was nice. He had that other breakup where their legs got tangled up and he fell down. The receiver fell down, but that was, that blitz by Jordan Brooks on that fourth and two where he was tied in coverage there. He also got picked on a little bit as well. Goff got him on a back shoulder throw that was tremendously hard to defend. A lot of corners, even really good corners are going to give up those kind of throws where it's kind of a side adjustment by the quarterback in the moment. It's a nine route where, you know, probably draw it up to where you're going to throw this deep to the guy. He sees that Witherspoon's running even with the uh, running even with the receiver. So then he just throws it to the back shoulder of the receiver. Aaron Rodgers has been kind of a master on these kind of throws back, especially in Green Bay when they were running that. Um, and you saw that there. Tough on him there. You can't fault him too much. He also then gave up a flea flicker play. This one's another one for me where I can't dog on him too much on this one because it's understandable. The Seahawks are going to be asking their corners coming into this week against Detroit to play very strongly in the the run game that they've got to be an impact in the run game because Detroit and a lot of their blocking concepts, like a lot of NFL teams that run the ball well, are going to try to get your corners isolated as the main tacklers on the running backs. You know, instead of blocking the corner, I'll go down block on the linebacker or I'll have my receiver come down and try to see if he can chip up on the tight end or on the defensive end and keep him out back. And then I'm going to leave a one-on-one matchup between my running back and the corner. And so I think that was going through Witherspoon's mind. He's certainly a willing tackler and got to get in there and he just got caught too much in it. Detroit was able to sort of, you know, catch him at that point for, for, um, being too ready to help out in that manner of things. He'll learn, he'll understand how to kind of probably find a little bit more of the right balance. But I thought Witherspoon played a good overall game, certainly something to build upon. And I, I, I do believe that this guy's going to show for some of those folks out there that are still really caught up in Jalen Carter. Eventually this kid's going to show you why I think this year, and you're going to feel why this kid was such a a highly taken kid in this draft. If you didn't already kind of get a little bit of the sense of that in this game and some of the physicality showed and some of the tightness and coverage he did. uh, I don't know if they ran a lot of extra man stuff with him on the back end of this game. Won't know that for sure until I can see the All-22 tape. Maybe just a smidge, bit more, but I do believe that the reason you got Goff thrown for 323 in this game is because you're still dropping with a tremendous amount of depth and leaving a lot of stuff still open up in front of you defensive line wise again the team was good in stopping the run this game and earning that stopping the run it wasn't like detroit wasn't trying just like the rams last week it wasn't like they weren't trying the running game they were you were just being overall really good in stopping it up throughout the course of this game and everybody gets kind of a tip of the cap there we had cameron young in his first action here he looked okay for a few of the snaps he was out there jaron reed was a presence in the backfield in this particular game I think your edges played really well. Hall was filling in for Boye Mafe. No Boye Mafe out there. I think Daryl Taylor might have had his best game against the run in this game. He was in the backfield. He was making tackles. He was chasing plays down. Really encouraging to see that of Daryl Taylor because that has been such an absent part of his game that is so brightly on show, on display, whenever he's out there in the run game aspect. And you needed him up for that part. He brought it. Ochenin Nwosu. Last week was your highest graded defender by PFF and probably did so kind of quietly because there wasn't a lot of pressure to be had, but he overall was that guy for you. I think again, this week, he might be close to being right up there in the same manner. He caused a fumble on a play where he was in the backfield, penetrating, able to pull down the the, the running back. And you're seeing him kind of try to pull at his arms as he's doing it, helping to cause the fumble, helping to get the turnover. Big part of coming out of this game is the three to zero turnover margin in this game. You didn't turn the ball over. They did. Part of what makes to me such Geno's brilliance of his performance so magnified here is that he accomplishes what he accomplishes with the backup tackles. He accomplishes what he accomplishes needing to score this often, but he doesn't give you the price of doing business thing where if I'm going to have my quarterback throw 40 plus times in the game, if I'm going to need him to put 37 points up on the board, I'm probably going to have an interception in there somewhere. An errand pass, a tip pass, him making a bad decision. But that wasn't the case with him. And the Lions on the other side did have the three turnovers. I think that really loomed largest over this game is that you were able to play it clean. They weren't. But Uchenna was also back there as a pass rusher on the play that you had the pick six to Trey Brown. He's the guy supplying the main pressure, even though the clock's getting sped up by the pressure look you show. It's Uchenna coming in with that pressure really quick and early on in that play as well. To help kind of force that pass along. So Echenna that signing, has still looked like a good one. He has still looked like a really good player to start this year. Draymond Jones got his first sack. He kind of had this uh, first he spun out, and then he kind of spun back in. It was a bit of a coverage sack. It wasn't one of those pure just quick penetration plays where he's on top of the quarterback. But good to get him into the sack column, get him started off after last week what was a tremendously quiet Quiet week for our guy over there. Uh, linebackers wise, Bobby Wagner was solid in this game. Um, uh, maybe had a couple catches he gave up. Jordan Brooks was good as a blitzer in this game. Still had a couple moments in coverage where they were able to target him and get after him a little bit. Not glaringly bad, not just hitting him over and over again, but there's just a couple of moments in there. I think, though, that the defense really has a place to build on when we come back to those pressure-based fronts that they were showing in this game. The willingness to bring stack fronts. Not always to bring blitzes, just to show it sometimes. Get the quarterback uncomfortable. Get him thinking, get him processing. They had some success from it within this game. I, I, I hope that they look to try it more. And once you get Jamal Adams back, now you have a guy out there who's more of a man-based coverage defender in your secondary. Witherspoon, more of a man-based coverage defender in your secondary. Tariq Woolen sounds like he's going to be okay from the shoulder surgery, soldier injury that he had. He's a man-based cover guy that he can play out over there. And then you have Julian Love, Who you then take from strong safety and you move him into the slot and you take a guy in kobe Bryant whose best stuff might his best things he does is in zone and now you move a guy down in julian love who does his best things in man out of the slot and now you have man based guys across the board here now which hopefully could open things up for more blitzing more pressure-based packages because you feel like you can trust those guys on the back end to run those man-based coverage concepts Maybe a place that they can go to as an adjustment this upcoming season, as we've now had back-to-back games of giving up over 300 yards to the opposition. But it's a, a fantastic win, a hell of an entertaining game to watch. Great to see Gino continue to re-chime back into that kind of performance he was at last year, where through those 12 games of the year to start it off, he was either good to great in his performance. But today, no doubt about it, he was great he had to carry an offense that was ailing that wasn't at a full strength he had to carry a defense that didn't have a lot of stops in its bag today on that Detroit offense and he was able to help take them to the promised land today and go get that victory others did their part too this is a team-based victory I don't want to put on Gino but let's give Gino his credit a guy that sometimes has a hard stretch to get a credit from certain segments and parts of the fan base who just don't like him or can't sign up to him But with this kind of performance, he should win some people over. He was out there, and he was proficient. He was efficient, mistake-free, and he helped to get you a game-winning drive where he wasn't to get a field goal where you got Myers kicking a 54-yard kick. He gets you down and puts it into the end zone. Got to give the guy the props. Got to give him the flowers on a day like this. Enjoy this win. The NFL season is one hell of a ride, is it not? Ups, downs. In-betweens, excitements, unexpected turns and twists. It's just you never know what you're going to get. And I'm here for every single moment of it. So one and one Moving on next week to Carolina. Let's see if the Seahawks can start to build a little bit of momentum early on in this season. The schedule set up right now to make a little bit of hay, to get a little bit of on top of it here, just to get to that buy. Maybe get all the reinforcements back in the ranks. We'll get our tackles back. We'll have Jamal back by that point. We'll have Witherspoon up to full speed. And maybe we can really get to cooking my name is brandon kane this is the hawks nest please hit the like button please subscribe but beyond all that don't you ever forget go hawks intentional rounding (laughs) offense number seven